Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hello. Hi. Coming up on today's show, the best and worst moments from the 2023 Grammys, including Harry Styles' claim that this doesn't happen to people like me very often. <laughs> Plus, the modern etiquette rules that have divided social media, a new era of influencer non-apologies, Prince Harry's older woman wasn't actually that old, and what on earth is happening in J-Lo and Ben Affleck's marriage. Two viral videos have shown them bickering in the last 10 days. Just about everyone on the internet is calling themselves a lip reader. Including me. Including you. But first, Michelle, how was your week? It was a good week. I'm just going to jump straight into my wreck if that's okay. Please do. I need everyone immediately to run to the nearest television, put on binge and start watching scenes from a marriage If that sounds familiar, it's the TV series starring Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac. Remember how they were very steamy on the red carpet? So it's a TV series, not a... TV series. Oh, I thought it was a movie. We got it so wrong. In fact, I'm pretty sure on the podcast we said this was a movie when it came out and we were talking about their steamy red carpet. Yes, because we spoke about their Venice red carpet together it was a while ago mm. now but they were all over each other and then there was speculation that he sniffed her armpit Do you <laughs> remember that? Yeah. it looked like he was almost licking her underarm yes. yeah he was very up in and close i am absolutely <laughs> adoring this i'm two episodes in i believe there are five this is actually an american remake of a swedish show from the 1970s i think they've put a little bit of a modern spin on some of the storyline and I I just think if you loved the split, if you love anything that is about marriage, marriage <laughs> and relationship dynamics and resentment building across years, affairs, all that stuff, this is so, so good. One of the highlights was I was watching it and my partner Mitch came into the room, looked at the screen and went, oh, Zac Efron's in this. <laughs> is he? No, he was, he was looking, looking at Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> well, they don't even look remotely alike. No. So if you're wondering if my partner loves celebrity anywhere near as much as I do, he does not. He knows sweet fuck Oh, all. you know what? No, no way. There is, there is something. There is a tiny, tiny something. They're both men. Yeah. They're both men They're sometimes with facial hair. Yeah. yeah that's They're both hot. It. They're both hot for sure. Please I, watch it. I definitely need a new TV series. This sounds like 
a bit of me. It actually is you to a T, except it never mentions your favourite little family, your favourite dynasty. What are they called? The Murdochs. The Murdochs. <laughs> there's, there's little, well, they're certainly not little, let me tell you that much. There are zero mentions of the Murdochs, but I do think you'd give this close to a 10 out of 10. Oh, I can't wait to watch it then. Episode two. Actually, I need everyone to watch episode two by next week. Both of you have homework because episode two has me in a stranglehold. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch it. Don't worry about it. Thank you so much. So that's on Binge. What about you? What's your rec? Well, I want to recommend a recipe this week. I have to say, I've been reading some books and none of them are good enough to be recommended. Ooh. You have a high bar, which we love. No, you don't want to bring a shitty rec I to don't want to bring a shitty rec. And I said to you guys yesterday... I just feel like the books I've been reading just aren't there. So I'm not going to do it to the listeners. I'm they don't not gonna, cut the mustard. They're not cutting the mustard just yet. So I'm bringing a recipe because it is truly one of the best new recipes I've found in the last six to 12 months. Yep. I know a massive call. It is from one of my favourite home cooks. It is from Julia Busatil Nishimura, also known by her Instagram handle, Julia Ostro, because <laughs> that was the name of her first cookbook I love. I would actually say anything that Julia puts in front of me. Mm-hmm. Well, not that I've... She cooked for me but I mean any <laughs> recipe she puts in front of me this is her green risotto with stracciatella and lemon I am trying as I get older to cut out meat occasionally yes just occasionally to do the responsible thing if I'm not going to be vegetarian just occasionally have some more vegetarian <laughs> recipes in our repertoire yes this is amazing it is just sort of a blended spinach that gives it that beautiful green I mean, it looks amazing. It's a hot meal, but it also tastes amazing too with the lemon and stracciatella. I could not recommend it more and it is really, really easy. Two veggie recipes from us in the space of a few weeks. It's not a creamy pasta, but we'll accept it. It's not a creamy pasta, (laughs) therefore I think more acceptable. (laughs) No, truly, it is amazing as always we will put the link in our show notes but if you are just feeling in a bit of a a weekday rut with food like i know so many of us get into this my friends love it so much guys the episode today is going to be a big bumper quick and dirty truthfully there are so many stories we care about in the last seven days so we thought let's pack them all into a big quick and dirty and rattle them off one by one yeah let's not bump anything so shall i kick us off with our first story sure let's swap stories back and forth you can take our first beautiful our first story the best and worst moments from the 2023 grammys that is from the new york times i've got to say there is a strange newfound appreciation i have after all these lockdowns for awards shows. Oh, yes. I didn't appreciate them pre-COVID. I just love celebrities so much more since the pandemic. And I think celebrities thrive at an awards show. Well, there are so many stories that come from awards show and I never appreciated it. So I just wanted to say a thank you to the Grammys for coming back (laughs) and giving us things to talk about. Let's start where we always do, Mish. Let's start with the red carpet. Yeah, we posted a quick gallery on our Instagram page of maybe the top 10 most talked about looks from the red carpet. I think the standouts were Cardi B, first of all. She was in this like electric blue structural masterpiece. Her gown was absolutely stunning. That's on our Instagram if you want to have a quick peek. Lizzo as well had this, it was like a reddish orange cape with this incredible bodice underneath it had all of these three-dimensional flowers or kind of like I don't even know if you'd call them flowers 3d something going they on they definitely look floral yeah something going on yeah. that's a little bit of texture I think Cardi B and Lizzo were absolutely the runaway standouts yeah I would agree with that you know Taylor Swift's copying a bit of flack for her outfit I don't mind it I think it was very the navy two very midnight yeah it? It, it was very Taylor it was a long sleeve crop with a like a long skirt right yeah there wasn't I mean it didn't blow me away no. but it fit the brief of midnight which uh, is what she's trying to promote that's what I thought now of course Beyonce was the absolute record breaker at the Grammys she has now had a total of 88 career nominations which is just ridiculous of which she's won 32 Grammys it is the most Grammys ever won in history in 2023 she picked up trophies for best dance album best R&B song best dance recording and best traditional R&B performance Mm. of course people were shocked once again that she didn't pick up the award for album of the year she's never won that award yeah ever it's pretty interesting that you can win the most Grammys in history 
more than any other singer, songwriter, musician, whatever, and you've never won Album of the Year. It's actually really interesting. Yesterday, as we were prepping for this, I went back onto the Grammys website to go through all the Grammys she's ever won. And I wanted to see, you know, how many of those Grammys were with Destiny's Child. Mm. I mean, there was a few, but not heaps. But also going back to her most iconic music that has just aged so beautifully. Like, I know it had huge impact when it landed, but... What music is that to you? Well, I would say that's like the single ladies era for me. Oh, okay. Single ladies, I I would say she had a golden run between like 2008 and 2016. Like Lemonade was incredible. I am Sasha Fierce. I thought like... I loved the like EXO era. Yeah, so probably true that it is absurd to me that those albums, and I'm not a music buff. I don't know the names of people's albums, right? music buff. I'm not. The other day, Zara accidentally pulled her Please, please, please tell the story. Okay, let me set the scene. We're telling it. We're going there. You know what? It proves my own point. So go feel it. Okay, we're all sitting around the office. And in the office, we often all have our headphones plugged into our computers, don't we, Annabelle? Yes, we do. We do. So Zara gets up to move away from her desk to go to a meeting, which means she has to like untangle herself she forgets or i think you accidentally yank your i've had to pull my headphones out yank yeah. your headphones out and annabelle what happened i caught a bit of the song that she's listening <laughs> but to the worst part was i i truly don't think it was for longer than a second you scrambled i you scrambled like, oh. i muted it really quick but i don't think it was more than a second and all i see was annabelle turn around and say I know that song. <laughs> she got it from a second and it wasn't the hottest song to be playing. It was that ugly heart song. If you know, you know. It oh, is a bop. I think one of the lyrics is, yeah, you're pretty. Your face is a work of art. Something, <laughs> something. Uh, Nuke City after, after dark. dark. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> it's not. I think it had just come on on shuffle and it was pumping me up. But I thought it was quite unlucky because it's not a sexy song to be listening to with Great respect to, to GRL. In fact, I might say the daggiest song you could be listening but to. But also it was not that long that it was exposed to. So more embarrassing for you, Annabelle Lee. No, I've just got a really musical ear. That you could pick up that song in less than a second. So, yes, coming back full circle, I am not a music buff. But ridiculous to me that I know so many of Beyonce's albums by name and that none of them have ever won. Yeah, ever. I, I agree. I think it's an interesting conversation because definitely I think her albums across her career have really shaped and defined the music industry. I think as she releases more albums, the pressure builds yes. on like the awards show to recognise it. It's an interesting one because some people could say, well, Renaissance maybe isn't her strongest album, but she hasn't won one yet. She should have won one with other albums. So it's just, it's complicated, right? It is super complicated. And Harry Styles did win that award, as we all know, he won for Harry's House, which is my personal favourite album from the year. It is one of my favourite albums ever. I'm not going to lie about that. Harry's speech was also interesting. He did say this, which sort of sat funnily with people. This doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. Right. So once again, just to reiterate, that is Harry Styles saying, this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so, so nice, which made a lot of people on the internet ask the question, what could he possibly mean? Who is people like him that it's not happening to very often. Hot white men. <laughs> Young white men are never recognised. Yeah. To I mean, I think it was certainly clunky. And I said to you guys in the office, definitely an argument for writing and preparing a speech mm-hmm. rather than going off, off the, the cuff. cuff. And I imagine if I'm to put myself in the shoes of Harry Styles, <laughs> he was trying to be humble in some way, shape or form. If I'm to assume, I would say this has something to do with the fact that he still feels on like a lucky streak post X Factor that he felt like he maybe stumbled into the music industry compared to a lot of other people. That said, proves everyone's point more in that even if you did sort of stumble into this music industry. There's a reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's because you are... You can stumble. You can stumble into it, for yeah. sure. I mean, Harry's in my past basket, so I'll just call this clunky and move on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's – I agree. I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. I think some people online have gotten very, very angry. It's been a very inflamed conversation. I agree with you. I think Harry really tries to push this narrative that he is this, like, ultra-relatable, bumbling, 
charismatic, aloof kind of guy. And I think when he says something like that, he's like, oh, just this this little guy from the UK, like a little guy like me can yeah. win. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it too. Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's trying to be relatable. It doesn't work. But it doesn't work. And I think sometimes his casualness gets himself into situations like this where it's like, uh, you could be so much more self-aware to look at the other nominees in your category and go, hmm, maybe I'm not a minority in the industry. And things like this happen for people like me Every day. Yeah, 100%. I think there were also rumours, Mish, as we were watching, that Adele walked out of the speech halfway through. It doesn't feel strictly true based on the things that I am seeing. I think a lot of people love to... I mean, there are a lot of cameras on a awards show like this and people love to create narratives around little scenes that they see so people said first and foremost that Adele wasn't happy and didn't clap when Harry won and also left halfway through... I just feel like she's fine. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of photos that kind of conflict each other. It seems like maybe people have carefully selected certain angles or shots or footage from the Grammys and then said this happened during Harry's speech when we're not even sure. Also, she might have just run off to the bathroom. We know for a fact that Harry and Adele are actually pretty close friends. They've actually holidayed together before. They've been very supportive, very loving towards each other in the public eye. I would be very shocked if this was somehow targeted or intentional or anything. I totally agree with you. The other thing I really enjoyed seeing as I was watching the Grammys was how many, (laughs) sorry, so earnest, (laughs) but when like the artists got around each other. For example, Mm. Taylor Swift, who has a reputation for being like the only person ever standing during artist performances, will always get around that. (laughs) She will, yeah. I really, really like that. Beyonce going nuts when Lizzo was finishing her speech adored that also Lizzo losing it when Harry Styles won and yes. filming it did you see that yeah. video yes like all of that just beautiful beautiful Lizzo's if anyone, ten. Wants, <laughs> if anyone wants like a sunshiny pickup for their day scroll through Lizzo's Twitter because she posted some great selfies some great moments she just seems to like wrap everyone in that industry in her arms and I really really love it so go stalk Lizzo please yeah and I also think just to quickly stay on this Harry thing for one more point I do think perhaps some of the commentary around him winning best album was also in tandem with the fact that people weren't necessarily impressed with his performance at the Grammys. It's been really interesting. People said perhaps he started off key. The start of the performance was quite lacklustre. What's come out in the days since from his backup dancers is that you know how they were performing on a turntable? Mm. They had performed this routine for 10 days and it was all dependent on the turntable turning clockwise. And then when the performance started, it was turning the other way. So they had to do their entire performance in reverse. So Harry had to do everything for him, like walk in reverse, do everything in reverse. How does that happen? Yeah. So I would say that that's a pretty good argument for why you'd probably start singing off key if something like that was to happen. I thought it was an earpiece thing. No, well, he was also he was also kind of messing around with his earpiece. Apparently, a lot of artists were struggling with that. He is in both of your past baskets, though. I think you guys would find any reason. I think that's interesting. Imagine how stressful that would be as a dancer as well, trying to work out how to re-engineer this dance on live tv yeah doing everything backwards would be so intimidating for sure now we do need to mention award for best pop duo slash group performance went to sam smith and kim petrus for their single unholy this was another history defining moment kim petrus is now the first trans woman to ever win that award yeah we also not to mention had viola davis win a coveted egot she is only the 18th person in history to win an emmy grammy tony and oscar it was a really beautiful speech where she sort of got a little way in and then goes, I'm an EGOT. I'm an EGOT. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. She picked up the Grammy for Best Audiobook Narration and Storytelling for her memoir, Finding Me. We need to probably wrap this convo, Mish, with a couple of other important awards. Record of the year. Went to Lizzo mm. for about damn time. I would Well love deserved, may I say. A truly, truly wonderful song. I would love to know, and I don't know if there's ever a way we're going to find out, how much of an impact TikTok communities have on the success of a song. Yes, completely agree. The other big award of the night was Best New Artist. That went to Samara Joy, who I probably need to check out her work because I've never heard of her Yeah, before. well, in fairness, I started to listen to it after she won. It's not my usual style, but it's very beautiful. Okay, great. Our second story, the cut sparks debate with deranged list of new etiquette rules 
That is from The Independent. Did you guys see this all over social media on the weekend? Yeah. I saw little bits here and there. Is that because you're not on social media? I actually, you know what? I actually didn't see it. <laughs> I, but I felt like it looked like I wasn't doing my job. If I said that, I didn't know. All right. Well, for the Zaras of the world, there was a lengthy list of social rules that apparently we should all be living our life by. It was published by New York Magazine's offshoot, The Cut late last week and it got a lot of people in a tizzy the headline of the piece read do you know how to behave are you sure how to text tip ghost host and generally exist in polite society today now some of the tips are good in fact some of the tips are very good i would say 75 percent are pretty strong i would say more like 50 but let's focus on the ones that we loved yeah, I think a couple that I loved. The first one was don't be loudly naive about dating apps if you're in a relationship. The explanation about this sort of life hack or etiquette rule went as follows. You may think that asking basic questions about their newfangled dating app, so which way do you swipe again, shows interest and engagement in their love lives, but your wide-eyed curiosity could just as easily come across as patronising and a subtle reminder of your own blissful insulation from the dumpster fire that is app dating that is so true i feel like i have both been victim to this and done this i think i've done that annabelle what do you think i was with my sister the other night and she was on my hinge and she said the same thing which way do i swipe and i found it endearing yeah. really yeah but maybe it depends on who it is <laughs> That's your sunshine in human form i don't think everyone <laughs> would hear that and find it endearing i think some people would find it like don't be stupid like you know i get that question i think it's that idea when friends steal your phone and go through hinge because it's like such a novelty it's such a novelty for them like which, oh your cute little app where you might find someone yeah yeah like, oh, we're here. like i feel like i have probably done that to people but i've also definitely had it done to me yeah you know what i've done that now i would like to issue an apology to everyone i've ever met if i've taken someone's phone and they've told me the dating apps are a dumpster fire and i've been like oh these guys look good or like i'm like trying to be so positive yeah, i'm when a it's pump like, up wing woman yeah, like, it's like this could be your future partner i'm not gonna do that anymore another tip that we loved was Number seven, while on a date, if you find you're talking a lot, ask yourself, when was the last time I asked a question? I would say this isn't just relevant for a date. <laughs> it's the whole world all the time. I actually think every human listening to this, including the three of us at this table, will be a better human if they ask this of themselves with every conversation they have forevermore. Uh, this is my pet peeve, especially when you're in conversations where you can tell it's not a flourishing conversation. So I spend the entire time it's dying. It's dying. <laughs> and I'm spending, I'm spending the entire conversation, not listening to the answer, but thinking of the next question that I'm going to ask, because you know, for a fact, the other person who's not going to help you out. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there being like, I've asked the last 20 questions to keep this alive. <laughs> How do you feasibly think this, this conversation would be happening without me right now? That's the funny thing. Sometimes like you ask a question, they talk. They stop talking and then they just stare at you. <laughs> Ask a question back. Or just, and you? What about you? Yeah, yeah. like even if it doesn't make sense. And you? <laughs> My favourite one is when you're like, what do you do for work? And they tell you, and then they just don't ask you back. It's like, it's so easy. It's I know. It's so easy just to do an Uno reverse card and just, just ask me. 100%. <laughs> I also loved this one, which was, it's never too late to send a condolence note. Mm. This was in the context of grief and death in that if you find out that something has happened long after it's happened, it's still never too late to reach out and say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I kind of think this is also a good one across the board about anything. I think it's never too late to text. It's never too late to tell someone that you are sorry about anything, but it's mm. also never too late to say that you care about something, mm. that you had a really good time check in. at an event to check in. I think we can be so driven by embarrassment and pride to say, well, if I didn't check in straight away and perfectly, I shan't at all. But I think it takes incredible strength to turn around and say, you know what, it's been a few months and I probably should just rewrite this wrong and send that message. I love that one so much as well. Another one we enjoyed was when casually asked how you are, say good. It's neutral and doesn't force someone to endure a trauma dump or spiel on how the world is up in flames. <laughs> I completely agree. I think if it's a casual, how you going has to be good. It's, I don't care if it's the worst day of your life. Commit to the surface chat. <laughs> commit to it. Commit to the performance. Commit to the lie. One more one that we really loved before we get into some controversial ones 
don't tell people they look like other people. <laughs> I hate it when people tell me I look like someone else because I instantly then read into what, what they could trying. possibly mean. By that. Yeah, you. I thought of you when I saw this one because this has long been your pet peeve. You're like, don't do it, don't do it. So when someone says you look like Elizabeth Moss, are you thinking they think I'm a Scientologist? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. She, she really deeps it. I just like the one that gets me, and I think I've said this before. If they said you look like Elizabeth Moss, great, amazing. <laughs> they say you look like Offred from the <laughs> And then it's layered. And then it's very layered. But I can't talk because I do this to you with Harry Styles and I think we've done it with Conrad Sewell. But I, well. I've actually done it to myself about Harry Styles. <laughs> I have told everyone that there are certain angles of my face when I'm smiling <laughs> that I, I think I look like him. We were going through our camera rolls and our phones the other day when we were bored and Zara chose to resend me a photo of her face next to Harry Styles' face to be like, we really are onto something. And I, I went like home him. to Ollie, my partner, and I said, do you think <laughs> I don't love the Conrad Sewell one, I'm not going to lie. Now, we have spoken about the pieces of etiquette advice that we liked, Mish, but there were some quite unhinged pieces oh, as yeah. well. One of the points was never ask anyone what their job is. It is classist and boring. Try three other topics. First, I'm in a few minds about this one. I'm trying to work out if I want to reject it based on insecurity because I feel like I do this a lot or if I feel like it's actually valid. I just feel like, how do you spend your time Monday to Friday? I'm sorry. I think that's absurd. Do I will continue to ask people what their job is. It is a huge part. It might not, it's not your whole self, but most of us work full time. And what? I'm just supposed to never know what you do for like 40 hours a week? Bullshit. I'll ask anyone what their job is. I also can feel like it's a gateway. It's for me, it's a gateway question, right? To other things to be like, what do you do? Yeah. And then you go elsewhere to find out what they're interested in, what they care about. Like, I truly do feel like it's an easy gateway question. I understand the argument that it's classist and boring, but I will choose to disagree. Number 38 on this list, Mish, was always wink. Always <laughs> wink. Which landed particularly weirdly with us when we considered the point made in number 35, which was never address women as ladies because it's oddly creepy. So we don't call women ladies because it's creepy, but we always wink at them instead. <laughs> I can't wink as well. So I feel particularly affronted by this. I I like my, both my eyes go. Yeah, it, let I me think try. I can only wink with one eye. <laughs> and Annabelle must be quite offended by the, the ladies Yeah, thing. I just hey, shan't ladies. speak anymore. <laughs> hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. Number 52, Michelle. It was don't foist your allergies onto a dinner party. This was followed by a weird explanation, which was essentially a story about the writer's partner putting on a very fancy dinner party this one time. This partner made pasta, made sauces, the whole thing, only for a famous designer who was unnamed to rock up with, and I quote, a blender filled with the ingredients for his own meal. He was on some very restricted diet. Now, I've got to say, maybe this list of etiquette rules partly annoyed me, or I found half of them frustrating, because I think they intentionally labeled them or titled them Incorrectly. In, in, incorrectly. Like, this isn't saying don't foist your allergies onto a dinner party. It's saying don't foist your niche diet preferences right now onto a dinner party. Yeah, I totally agree Allergies with you. are different. Allergies are totally, <laughs> totally different. Please let me know like, if you have a peanut yeah, allergy. Like, do foist your allergies. <laughs> <laughs> let us rewrite that one. A couple of others that we want your opinion on, we will poll you on your Say Friday. 102 was you can eat anything at your desk in an open plan <laughs> office. Others can simply leave if they don't like it. Sorry. If anyone from our open plan office is listening, that's not true. That is also so selfish. Imagine just walking in with like, I don't know, your smelly fish dish. I eat tuna like, in the office all the time. I can't smell it though. I, I didn't know that. Oh. I never smell yours. But imagine if someone came in and then just, well, if you don't like it, leave. Well, We're all working. Well, that's also a really terrible way to move through the world, is it not? To say yeah. you do what you want. Other people can kind of tailor their behaviour based on your decisions, which I'm just not, I'm not sold on being a good way to live. A thousand percent. In the same vein as number one. 111, which is, it is perfectly fine to walk through someone's scene, whether it's Marty Scorsese or someone filming an outfit of the day TikTok, they don't own the sidewalk. Bullshit. I'm just like, it's not like a rule, but it's kind of nice to just not. <laughs> it's nice just to observe people are having a moment and trying to do something. And yes, they're taking up a little bit of space, but if you notice that, don't be an asshole and just walk through the middle of it. The only time I would walk through it is if I truly felt like, 
They were taking the piss. They were taking the piss. And I'd be like, you're clogging up traffic here. I'm just walking through. If someone was filming an outfit of the day TikTok and they tried to start again like six times over and I was waiting for them to finish, I would probably just walk through. But even then I'd wait for them to not be filming or something. Like it's polite to just let people do their thing. Oh yeah. It's also, as you said last week, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. Just, Just walk around. Our third story, did we all get outplayed by TikTok makeup influencer Michaela Naguera? That is from Junkie. Now, last week we spoke about the fact that Michaela Naguera was in the news because she had done a mascara ad on TikTok and her followers had accused her of using false lashes. This article, just for some context, does argue that maybe this was a marketing ploy all along, which I'm still not sure I agree with. Not at all. But I do appreciate why people think this might be the case. After all, in the week since we recorded and wondered when she was going to respond, Michaela still has just like not really responded at all. Yeah, she responded by not responding. So we're going to play you a snippet of the first video she posted to kind of announce that she was back on TikTok. And it looked like she was going to respond. Oh, yeah. Well, listen to this opening line. I'm sure we all know why we've all gathered here today. It's the month of love, bitches. i got to say, guys. I actually love it. I don't know if I'm backing the wrong horse or if I'm on some like very niche dark side of this story. I kind of appreciated the shamelessness with which she came back on and refused, <laughs> like just flatly refused to address any of the false lash controversy. I was like stunned. And then I was like, what a power move, I guess. <laughs> she uploaded three more videos in quick succession about Valentine's Day. And for so long on this show, I've argued that to get out of a PR disaster, influencers have to respond to them really well to squash them. But I wonder, truly after Michaela said nothing or sort of made a joke about saying nothing, if we're in a different era now, if we're slowly entering a different era, and is this the era where sometimes you actually don't have to apologize? You can sweep things under the carpet. You don't have to say anything reminds me of the conversation we had about chris rock at the oscars he just never said anything at all and it was the best and it went away i do have to have the obvious caveat of like some things will always demand an apology some behavior is worse than others yeah but instances like this where i don't actually find it that deep i am intrigued by and i do find it quite funny and incredibly interesting to watch well guess how many videos she's posted since the mascara video that caused all the controversy she's done all this in the space of maybe 4 days how many videos 70 oh. <laughs> <laughs> i hate it when you do that this is, so this is if i may say just as a quick by the by the ultimate power move when someone i hate it when people ask me to guess things oh. <laughs> i think it's a silly silly game it's annoying i'm never going to know so what i do is shoot either depending on what the question is incredibly low or incredibly high and then it just makes their answer look dumb i love that the oracle who has always told us it's all about like taking in information and estimating something is saying she couldn't possibly figure out how many videos i just i just think it's a funny power move and you agree because you always fall victim to it every time i do it i do 24 that is she's heaps. posted 24 videos since the mascara video i love I just love that she's flipped the narrative. Like I really thought she'd come out with this groveling apology video. And if you don't like it, which I totally understand, if you think it's gross and you have lost trust in Michaela, all that stuff, absolutely, totally understand that. Click unfollow. Your life will be better maybe if you don't follow this person who you don't trust anymore. But from a PR perspective, I'm kind of in awe of someone who's just chosen to ignore it, which is so going against the grain of everything we've seen, I would say, for the last five years from influencers online. She's chosen to ignore it. And then she's chosen to flood her feed with new content. So any conversation, any commentary around this is spread so thin that it's nowhere near as impactful as if she had just come back with one or three videos. 24 videos, I've like already completely forgotten or I have no emotional attachment to what happened last week. Well, you'd have to scroll so far to find it. You'd That's half the thing, right? Your little thumb gets tired. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like there's so much stuff that she would have just been banking last week. I would love to know who advised her of this. I would love to know what the conversations were behind closed doors because it's completely different to what we've seen. And I think it definitely marks a new era of how people are going to respond to controversy. Make of that what you will. I know all of us won't like it. I just think from a PR business perspective, it I is find fascinating. it fascinating. 1000%. Mish, we still have so much more to cover for the rest of this episode. We need to talk about Leo DiCaprio's rumoured new girlfriend. We also need to talk about JLo and Ben Affleck. But first, a word from today's sponsor. 
our fourth story. Is Mark Wahlberg the massive movie star who romanced Jessica Simpson? That is from page six. Zara, this is a bizarre one. Last week, Jessica Simpson dropped a short story on Amazon. Yes, it is called Movie Star. They always say they're single. Great title, if I may. Shouldn't it be Movie Stars? They always say they're single? No, because the the guy in this piece was called Movie Star. So it's kind of operating oh. as a proper noun. That's what she called him. Mm, okay. Now, in that story, which I did read, she revealed that she had an affair with a massive movie star who she met in 2001, but she only started to have an affair with him in 2006 after she divorced Nick Lachey. It's an interesting piece for mine because on the scale of affairs... To write a whole short story around a single affair, I found this quite a soft affair. <laughs> like a PG-13 affair. Yes, they had like a couple of rendezvous. Jessica was quite religious at this point, so they didn't have sex, which is totally fine. It was weirdly put together because the girlfriend wasn't really mentioned to the end and Jessica Simpson said she didn't really know about the girlfriend a lot of the time. Regardless, Jessica said she felt it was a demeaning connection between her and the movie star. She felt more like a core girl and it was soon after they'd been hanging out that she realised he had a girlfriend. Right. So she's single. The yes. movie star she's dating has a girlfriend. Correct. But the movie star and Jessica are having a PG-13 affair where they smooch. They smooch. <laughs> and he flew her to like his set when he was filming somewhere and they smooched a bit there but then he wanted to have sex with her. <laughs> Told her that his spiritual counsellor said that they should have sex because it will bring them closer to God and then what? she left and they never spoke again. Why would a spiritual counsellor tell you that I'm not you sure. should I sleep with the mistress? Well, I'm not entirely sure the spiritual counsellor existed. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like the four-year-old kid that tells the babysitter that the mummy said that they could have ice cream, you know? Like it's, it's you know. Now, people are speculating that this massive movie star, well, page six are speculating that this massive movie star is Mark Wahlberg. The <laughs> evidence is flimsy-ish <laughs> but it's interesting now one piece of evidence that page six has is that jessica simpson and this movie star met at the 2001 vmas she wrote that he was wearing jeans and a t-shirt so naturally they went through the photos at the vmas he was wearing jeans and a t-shirt right which i actually think is not bad evidence no how many celebrities would be wearing jeans and a t-shirt i mean in 2001 <laughs> quite a few. but the other pieces of evidence are pretty funny i mean has this page six wrote jessica simpson said in the story that her anonymous actor knew her trainer ripped Wahlberg, now 51 <laughs> is known for his workout <laughs> but there was also a part in the story where jessica simpson said she realized he had a girlfriend because they were texting while he was at an award show in 2006 and that he ended up attending with his girlfriend despite telling her that he didn't have a girlfriend oh. and they found an award show they thought she was talking about and he did attend with his girlfriend so I actually do think it is Mark Wahlberg. So do I. I was about to say, but I do, I do think, agree. I do have to be self-aware about the fact that the evidence is pretty shit. It also makes sense to me if it is Mark Wahlberg, why she hasn't named him at all. He is still with the person he was with in 2006. <gasps> no. He's married. He's to married to the girlfriend. And they have a kid. And now Jessica's – I love Jessica Simpson. And so now she's written a story. It would just make a bit more sense to me. I think it – and also – I mean, obviously we don't know, got to put that on the record, but anyone who has listened to our Kate Moss scandal series and hears the story about Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is a piece of work, to he's say the least. He's a piece of work. Like, based on what we've read, one of the worst celebrities in the industry. So would I put it past him to have an affair? No. no. <laughs> Hardly the worst thing he's ever done. Our fifth story. Leonardo DiCaprio, 48, smiles as he cozies up to Israeli model Eden Polani, 19, at a party in LA amid new romance with Victoria Lamis, 23. That is from the Daily Mail. Guys, this story about Leo's rumoured new teenage girlfriend has Twitter and TikTok in a stranglehold. Essentially, Leonardo DiCaprio was seen at a party last week. He was there without his 23-year-old model girlfriend, Victoria. Well, rumoured girlfriend, anyway. Rumored. They were last spotted together in December. We don't really know much about that relationship. We do know that at this party that Leo was at last week, he was sitting beside a 19-year-old model named Eden. Sources said they were getting close. We have zero evidence to 
prove that that's true. Yeah, there are simply just photos of them sitting side by side. It's not like they're touching or even kind of engaging with each other at all. There is every chance in this instance that they were just sat next to each other in an event and someone papped a pic of them. Regardless, people are grossed out at perhaps the prospect or the reality that it's not out of the realm for Leo to go for someone of this age. I mean, there was a tweet from someone called Faye Mika who said, at this point, I can't even join in on the jokes anymore. If Leonardo DiCaprio is approaching 50 and dating a teenager, then he is an actual sexual predator. Let's be clear. That has 340,000 likes. Yeah, that is definitely the sentiment online. I think there's a real shift recently in how people are talking about this now. Like it was only 12 months ago, 18 months ago, everyone was sharing around those graphs to show that Leo never really dates a woman after the age of 25. We know that he had maybe a brief fling with Gigi Hadid when she was shock horror 26. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) So we know that he has gone to 26 now, but I think we were joking about this for so long. So many people were saying it's such like a strange phenomenon with Leonardo DiCaprio. But now I think the prospect, the very real prospect, that maybe he could be dating a 19-year-old, even without the evidence or anything, it's not that far from a 23-year-old. I think people are taking this far more seriously now and are far more grossed out than they were 12 months ago. I agree with that. There have been anonymous sources that have come out and said, nope, not dating. I imagine Leo's camp might be a little bit freaked out right now about what the commentary is looking like because I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's not that funny anymore, depending on what his next move is, but I'm finding it a little weird. It's definitely weird. I have question marks in my head whether or not we can use the label sexual predator. Like I think we have a line in the sand with what's legal and what's not for a reason. So I don't think we can say someone's an actual sexual predator when definitionally they're not. However, do I think it's really bizarre and even concerning if he now begins dating teenagers when he's what 48 years old yeah I find that really really yuck yeah totally our sixth story Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham's wedding planners break silence amid that $159,000 lawsuit That is from Pedestrian, an update on this lawsuit that we spoke about last week that Nicola Peltz's dad, Nelson Peltz, has lodged, whereby the billion-dollar businessman is chasing a $159,000 deposit from a wedding planner he fired. Well, two wedding planners, actually. As a refresher, Peltz says that he wants his deposit back because the two wedding planners were not up to the task of putting on the A-lister wedding. Now, they were the second of three wedding planner companies that the Peltz Beckers <laughs> cycled through. Yes. Now, in an interview with the Daily Mail, the wedding planners, whose names are Nicole and Ariana, say they have spent 17 years building up their business called Plan Design Events and say they've never before had a single complaint filed against them. They said they worked 17-hour days and claimed that they are owed more than $159,000 for the work they did. They said some interesting things. First and foremost, they said that the day before they were fired, Nicola Peltz Beckham sent them a gushing text saying, you are killing it. They also said they have never once felt bullied or disrespected by any of our clients. I found that wording very, very interesting because it's not outright calling them bullies, no. but they are saying they have never once felt bullied or disrespected. Yeah. And they're saying this is, this is a big anomaly for them, yes, right? Exactly. So the impression is clear. They went on, they said, if it was Mr. Peltz's mission to damage our reputations, impact our business and hurt our families, then mission accomplished. I hate the thought. I mean, I know these two wedding planners aren't small fish because they must be massive if they're even getting the call up initially to work for the Peltz Beckhams. But I still hate the idea of the big business and going after the small business. Like, give it a rest. Ariana also made it clear that the Beckhams were fine to work with. Very interesting. She said, Brooklyn is a very sweet person. He treated us with respect and courtesy. He is a gentleman. We have nothing but respect for the Beckhams. Again, it's saying something without saying anything. They're not saying we don't have respect for the Peltzes. 
But, but they it are. Is. Of course. But it's everything they're leaving out. Yes, 1,000%. The wedding planner's lawyers also spoke to the Daily Mail and said, the lawsuit that was filed by Nelson Peltz is frivolous and unimpressive. Relevant and complete emails and text messages that address the misleading statements contained in the complaint will be revealed in discovery as part of my client's response to the complaint, including in support of the counterclaim <laughs> they intend to file. So they're going to sue Nelson. Yeah. Oh, Sounds like it. my God. They should, as they should. And I hope they take him to the cleaners. Yeah. Well, look, a lot of people commented on our social media pages throughout the last week to say, well, he can chase his 160K. It's his money to chase. To be clear, these deposits are secured so that small businesses and wedding planners, whoever, can like have some kind of surety that the job is going to proceed. Like yes. they need that upfront so that when they begin work, they actually receive compensation or pay for that work. I'm shocked that he's trying to get this money back yeah. at all. It's not the full fee. No. It is the deposit. It just sounds like the full fee because it's very expensive. <laughs> but it is it is the deposit which is put in place so that if you are fired or if something comes up or if they pull the rug from underneath you and say, no, nah, we're not using you anymore and you've done all this work already. You've got paid, the 10%. You've been paid for that work. Yeah. It's strange. Our seventh story. Prince Harry's mystery older woman first lover comes forward, confirms romp. (laughs) That is from the New York Post. (laughs) What a headline. Well, we now know who the older woman was who took Prince Harry's virginity. Her name is Sasha Warple. She is now 40 and just two years (laughs) older than Prince Harry. Now, she's done an interview with The Sun where she said she was the woman that Prince Harry had that quickie with. She was 19 at the time. He was 16. It was the summer of 2001, baby. (laughs) She said it was literally wham, bam between two. (laughs) Sorry. Everything I know about this story, I want to erase. From well, my it's brain. like we've learned against our will, but actually, uh, it's not against my will at all. I'm so into it. Now, to recap very quickly what Harry wrote in the book, he said about this, you know, formerly mystery woman, she liked horses quite a lot and treated me not unlike a young stallion. Quick ride, after which she smacked my rump and sent me off to graze. <laughs> the way he wrote this in the book, we've obviously both read the book. The way he wrote about this and my interpretation of this scene was I thought he was talking about like a 35-year-old woman. We thought everyone thought he was talking about Liz Hurley. He was like older woman, older woman. We were all looking to celebrities, public figures at least 10 years older than him. Not someone two and a half years older. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Now, in her interview, Sasha said, I've kept this a secret for 21 years. I would never have said anything if he hadn't put it in his book. I have to say it in my (laughs) words. Wham, and she says wham bam. She also, she also. Imagine holding on to something for 21 years and then deciding the words you need are wham bam. <laughs> Truly, my words. I define it as a wham bam. She also went on and said, I don't have to worry anymore and I can get back to my life. I want to thank the sun on Sunday for allowing me to tell my side I am not ashamed. <laughs> Sorry. What do you mean, tell my side? No one knew it was you. I just believe this is such an example. I think it was the New York Times a few years ago who wrote an article titled, We Should All Know Less About Each Other. And I think this is that. No, this goes so against my very core being. I need to know more about things. So do you. I don't. This story, everything else maybe, this particular story I don't want to know. I don't need your story. I don't need your words. I don't need your story. I don't need your rehashing. Stop talking but about why it, Why is she pretending it's some big sort of drama or trauma that she needs to reset the record on? I am not ashamed. I don't think anyone said you should be. No one knew it was you. Like, I don't get it. Do we think she was walking around in the week that this memoir came out and the week that everyone was talking about this older woman? Also, was she walking around like shielding her face? Well, even this line, sorry, I don't have to worry anymore and I can get back to my life. You put yourself in the public eye to tell this story and now you're saying I can get back to me in my life. It doesn't make no any one sense. Knew. No one knew. Our eighth and final story. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck were seemingly caught fighting during the Grammys and it is seriously awkward. That is from BuzzFeed. Yeah, in case you guys missed it, footage is doing the rounds of J-Lo and Ben Affleck having a bit of a tiff at the Grammys. In the video, you can see the host, Trevor Noah, doing his hosting thing. He's doing some kind of bit in the audience, right? Off to his left, sitting behind Trevor, you can see J-Lo and Ben, and they're exchanging words 
looking rather tense. I don't think that's unfair, right? No, it's like, I mean, the thing is, it's not unlike an exchange most couples would have, which is like a really quick terse word or like a more serious word when you know people are watching. But what you do is you see them notice that they're on camera and sort of noticeably change their demeanor. JLo sort of like the performer, she is instantly beams and looks like she's laughing along with whatever Trevor is saying. There are some lip readers who have come to perform it. <laughs> yeah, one lip reader who was commissioned by the Daily Mail. So maybe take this with a grain of salt. Oh, lots of grains. <laughs> they, a whole stack of grains. <laughs> they said that J-Lo said, stop, look more friendly, look motivated. To which Ben replied, I might. Which I'm not sure actually makes sense as like two-way dialogue. It doesn't. What you can get a sense of is in some way, shape or form, it has to do with... I think she wants him to engage more. I think that's probably fair because she sort of asks him to sit up straighter and he moves his shoulders back. She props her hand like on his chest almost to be like sit, sit up, up straight. Sit up straight. Yeah. 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 Like core, core, engage your core. Be present. <laughs> yeah. Be present. Be present. It's got something to do with that. Now, as we said at the top of the episode, it's not the first instance of them appearing to bicker on camera. Just last week, Footage from a party to promote Jen's new film, Shotgun Wedding, showed them looking a little bit strained. Mm. Definitely strained, I would say. Yeah, they're like, J-Lo is picking up a, a glass of something and having a sip and it looks like Ben is trying to get her attention or trying to convince her of something. It's confusing, but again... The vibes are off. That's all I know for sure. The vibes are absolutely off. It looks like they're having another disagreement. I would agree with that. What do we make of it all? Because on one hand, I'm like, every couple has their little moments. But first and foremost, you don't really have those moments in front of other people. Definitely not when you're A-listers. And also, I would say after only being together for like a year. But then maybe that last fact doesn't count with them because they have known each other for 20 years. So their honeymoon period would be really short, I reckon, when they get back together. Because yeah. they still probably have all those old lingering sort of <laughs> icks about each other. 20-year-old icks. Yeah, that, that would come back to the fore very quickly. Yeah, look, I don't think these two will last, which is not the first time I've said <laughs> that on this show. And I know I've copped a little bit of flack from the listeners for it before. Have we? Some people have said we shouldn't wish ill on a new I marriage. don't. No, no, I don't wish ill. I don't wish ill I on just, anyone simply don't think it's going to last. <laughs> no, I don't think it's also the most outlandish claim in the world that two megastars of their calibre who have had a very dramatic split once before already, let's not forget they called off their engagement days before the wedding, who have both been involved in like major relationship drama throughout their lives. They've got nine engagements between them. They've got a cheating scandal involving a nanny. If there are two people who are going to have a messy divorce, I'm so sorry. It's JLo and Ben Affleck. Yeah, one TikTok comment that made me laugh as well that got 20,000 likes read, how long do you think they're going to stick this out just to prove us wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely give them until this time next year. Yeah, I was going to say another year, 100%. Well, that's all we've got time for. We will check in about that next year. But otherwise, you know where we'll be. We'll still be back in your ears next Monday. We absolutely will. Guys, come and follow us on TikTok. We're shameless underscore podcast or on Instagram at shameless podcast. We post stuff from the episodes, post throwback galleries, a whole bunch of stuff. Annabelle Lee, anything else to add? No. 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 Thanks so much, as always, for listening, you guys. And as I said, back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.